0: guys and welcome back to another episode of The Lit Life. This episode I'm joined by my good friend Davina to talk about mental health. Now this week, the 10th to 16th of May is Mental Health Awareness Week in the UK and this year's topic is nature. Connecting with nature is a really helpful tool to lift your mood and boost your mental health as we will discuss And so this week, the aim is to really bring to light just how important nature is for your mental health. Now, as highlighted by mentalhealth.org.uk, there are three ways we can do this. The first is to experience nature, which is physically to go out for a walk, you know, touch the plants around you, look at the flowers, smell the flowers, and just observe your everyday life. Uh, The second is to share nature. So this is take pictures and videos and to post them on social media. And the last is to talk about nature with your friends and family. Even though it's come to the end of the week, we can still do all of these things and we should try and implement them into our lives all year round. So it doesn't matter that we've come to the end of the official uh, Mental Health Awareness Week. If you do share or post anything, remember to use the hashtag connect with nature. So that's literally hashtag connect with nature to help spread awareness and raise awareness on mental health. And now let's get right into the conversation.
1: So I'd like to welcome my good friend Davina
0: to the show. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It really means a lot and I'm so excited to get into this conversation. Thank
1: you so much
0: and thank you for having me. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself for anybody who might not know you?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm Davina. I'm 26. I live in like Harrow, London. Um I work in the public sector. And, uh, uh, me and Nehal, we, we met in college through, um, a mutual friend who was actually on the first episode of, she um, is. on the first podcast, I should say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, yeah, so we met in college and have been really good friends ever since. We have. It's been so long now, like six,
0: seven years yeah. or is it more than that? Like, I
1: seven. feel like it's almost 10, ten mm. 26, 10 years. No way. That's mad. That's mad. That's really
0: not good. <laughs> we're so getting old, we've done each other. <laughs> we're getting really old now. So today we're going to be talking about mental health, the really broad topic of mental health, as I think it's a really important topic to shed light on, um, and also because it is Mental Health Awareness Week in the UK. Um, we'll be drawing mostly on our own experiences, because none of us are you know, professionally qualified in that sense. Um, But yeah, we'll mostly be drawing on our own experiences and Davina will also be telling us about her own experience.
1: Yeah, so in a nutshell, I will be talking about my experiences with depression, low mood and like anxiety, really high functioning anxiety and kind of, you know, counselling and how, how that's all been. Yeah, amazing, I can't wait. And thank
0: you so much for coming and, you know, being open to sharing your experiences because I think coming together and talking about it you know and shedding light on it just makes other people think that they're not alone and they can relate to it because I think it's something that we all experience on some degree whether it's not on a very extreme level we still experience it in some way shape or form and just knowing that we're not alone is you know just like one of the most important things so yeah let's get into it. I saw you dancing in a crowded room. right so keeping on the topic of nature as that's the topic for mental health awareness week how have you found nature to help your mental health over the past few years or maybe it's something more recently that you found if it has helped you
1: at all yeah i think nature is um I mean, it's been a massive help and I think, you know, it's been a massive help, especially recently with my mental health over kind of the past year. I think before that time, you know, life was always moving so quickly and like, you know, we were all just always in a rush to get somewhere. So you don't like, you know, the phrase, you don't stop and smile the roses, like, you know, like me, you literally, literally don't, you know, yeah. um, and I think last year when we went into lockdown, Um, And when I was struggling with my mental health in, in that aspect, I really, because I didn't have anything else, like, you know, nature was there, nature's all around us. And that was so, it was a massive help for me, because, like, even in terms of, like, helping my anxiety, helping me be present and in the moment, and it's something that I've really kind of carried through and I want to carry through as hopefully this pandemic ends. Like, even going for a run, spending more time in my garden, like, looking up at the sky is just, yeah... All that stuff, like, is so
0: true. It's just, it's taken lockdown for you to realise this stuff. I remember just spending so much time in my garden last summer and I'd never spent that much time in my garden. And even as a family, we'd never spent that much time being outside and just doing small stuff like gardening. And it's just so therapeutic and you just feel so good being outdoors and you don't realise that stuff because like you say, we live in such a fast paced city with work being so busy and stuff. So yeah, I totally agree. It's um, helpful to be around nature. Also, one of the things I wanted to talk about is physically, like, physically touching plants and just walking barefoot in the grass and stuff like that. You just, I mean, I just don't do. Mm-hmm. I'm literally, I don't think I've ever done that kind of stuff unless I go, I don't know, I'm like on a picnic. Even when I'm, if I'm on a picnic, I don't think I walk barefoot around. But you read about these things and I, I feel like it just would be so good for your mental health just to physically ground yourself and then obviously it has a positive mental impact. So I wanted to ask, have you ever heard of the act of tree hugging?
1: I have. You have?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how,
1: do you do tree hugging or have you tried it? No, but the connotations of tree hugging are like I feel like it takes away from how like how much it can help your mental health and your well being. But I've never done it. Yeah, what do you mean it can take away from I think isn't I might be like completely wrong here, but you know when we talk about tree hugging, do we mean you know we all care about the environment but do we when we say tree hugging i think of the context of people who are like really really passionate about climate change and the environment um i might be completely wrong
0: well i first heard about it from one of my friends
1: mm-hmm.
0: who practices tree hugging okay. she does it yeah but she's not a activist in that sense about climate change or anything like that just literally like someone like you or I and the reason she does it is that it makes her feel more connected to nature and it makes her feel grounded I think there's something about it when you're in touch with nature it just makes you feel really in touch with the world around you and that has a sense of peace around it um I'm not gonna lie I haven't brought myself to do it yeah (laughs) because unfortunately
1: I just want I think I always think oh somebody walks past is gonna see me (laughs) um but I guess everyone has their own ways of connecting with nature um and that is a way that you can connect with nature it's really interesting because when you when you said that about like being I I didn't realize so obviously I think this year really appreciated nature but there were times where I would sit in my garden and sunbathe after work and like you know now looking back I'm like oh that was that was actually really peaceful but I didn't appreciate it back then and you know No wonder like when we go on holiday, if we go to a sunny place and we're like, you know, the sun's on us and we're just in a different environment and we're on the beach and we're barefoot in the sand. Like, you know, when we think about nature, I back then I would think like I love to travel and go to different countries. And um, it's
0: funny that you say that because when you're on holiday and you go sightseeing and you're on the beach, if you think about it, a lot of the stuff that we enjoy is related to nature so it's like being on the sand f- being on the beach feeling the sand between your toes on your feet you know being in the water and being in the sun also when you have the heat like touching your skin that's also nature and you know yeah. sightseeing seeing all the the beautiful sights the mountains and everything like that it's all like that part of it, it's all nature so it's so crazy you you might not consciously think about it but those are the things that you like about being on holiday. Or, parts of what you might like about being on holiday and
1: it's related to nature and we just don't even know it like even hiking through like exactly. yeah hiking like you said mountains and it's just so peaceful like yeah it's so peaceful and you're so grounded i remember i did like a trip by myself to australia for like i told every, everyone i know this story <laughs> it is the their story. Tell us. Tell us again. <laughs> yeah. So I did. I did a trip by myself to Australia. I had one of my best friends moved out there, and then I was like, I want to travel around, yeah. and then um I wanted to go to Uluru, which is in in uh the Northern Territory in the centre of Australia, and basically for, so I bu- the way I booked it, I wanted to do the sleeping under the stars and all of that. I didn't want to just stay in a proper like hotel, and. I booked, like, a three-day camping thing with people that I didn't know. It was kind of... When I say camping, like, I picked the, the glamping option. Because <laughs> I was... I was like, I don't want to be, like... I don't know, the spiders and stuff. Um, Fair enough. I think I'd do the same. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really nice. But, like, for three days, I was, like, hiking around Uluru. And, like, you know, we were just walking around. And there were times where we didn't have any, like, phone service. And I was just in nature. And I remember just feeling so. Over- this sounds really cheesy, but I love like the stars and stuff. <laughs> and then I remember just one time, it was like the middle of the night. I mean, it was bonfire night, and like there was no phone service. We hiked up this little like rocky bit and watched the sunset. And then um, we yeah watched the sunset. Then we did a bonfire, and we all were just like in nature. And I like I, that night, no one else did it. I slept under the stars. Um, I was again I was scared of the spiders, so I put my sleeping bag on a bench. <laughs> but i was so i remember feeling so emotional there you go yeah, yeah. like we, we were like looking up at the stars i saw the milky way it's insane but like just being like oh my god this is um this is amazing yeah that's amazing
0: i remember you telling me that story actually and it just sounds so moving and so beautiful because i don't know it's just like you say it's emotional just being in that environment and we never take the time to slow down and just be present and appreciate our world. So yeah, it's definitely something I think we should do more of. Obviously, the last year or probably more than a year we've been in lockdown. Has being in lockdown affected your mental health at all? If so, uh, how has it affected your mental health?
1: Yep. Yeah, so it's really interesting because, like I mentioned, I've kind of struggled Oh I don't think I don't know if I said this before but I struggled with I've struggled with kind of mental health and my mental health really came to the forefront. I think when I was in like my first year of uni um so it's been quite a few years so it's always been an ongoing thing. Um and so last year when we went into lockdown for some reason the beginnings of years are really hard for me. I get a really bad anxiety like the first few months of the year. Okay. Um but last year before lockdown I was in such a bad place mentally where I think I just started a new job Um there was kind of a f- few things just going on in my life like situations that were I had a really bad flare-up and you know um, it was just re- it wasn't good and it was weird because when we went into lockdown that was obviously really scary but I guess the way my anxiety is it completely went away because all the external factors of life Went just, you know, I didn't have to worry about getting on the train or, you know, yeah. traveling to work or, and then it took away all of that. And it's really funny because I read, like, I read online, like, a lot of people who have struggled with anxiety yeah. felt the same way. And um, all, wow, like, this crazy. is, I'm oh, sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, 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 I
0: was just like, wow, that's crazy. Like, that's, it's so, I was just thinking, that's crazy to think, like, how just shutting off from, other people and just being cooped up it's like it actually helped um your anxiety
1: yeah i think because um so yeah like all those external factors kind of went they went away and i think because my anxiety is high functioning um so sorry to interrupt you but just for anybody who doesn't know and i myself actually don't know what do you mean when you say high functioning anxiety So high-functioning anxiety, and again, this is my kind of experience with it, it's Mm. not like a medical definition, but to me, what that means is, you know, I can accomplish those, I can accomplish, like, day-to-day tasks, like, fairly okay, Um, and I guess, like, I know, you know, mental health is, like, mental ill health, it always seems like on the outside, um, things are okay, but with anxiety, it doesn't, it doesn't stop me from doing those day-to-day tasks, but the symptoms are still very much there. Okay, okay. Um, Okay, understood. So for me, like having that um, and, you know, the more external factors you have, which before lockdown was day to day life, going to work, Mm -hmm. having plans, um, you know, having your life admin, all of those situations would cause anxiety for like a number of reasons. Um, Or like if I was anxious about one thing, you know, then I'll be worrying about a million other things. So being in lockdown, got rid of that. Right. It, it took away those external factors about, on a day-to-day, yeah. worrying to get to work, um, meeting people. Yeah. Because, like, you, ha- there was no expectation. There was no yeah. nothing. You couldn't do anything. Yeah. But then, like, I had a few things happen in my... Per- like, I just had a few things happen. Yeah. Where I kind of... I guess I'm also someone who I kind of... And we all kind of forget to look after ourselves. Um, of course, yeah. But that really kind of hit me and took an impact on me. Had a big impact on me in lockdown in like it hit me like a ton of bricks um and so then I really had to you know struggle with that and then not having the coping mechanisms that you would normally have I guess like seeing friends and yeah at that time I don't know if you were already
0: speaking to someone about it during lockdown if you were speaking to somebody about it during lockdown did that stop
1: do you, by somebody, do you mean like a Like a therapist, therapist yeah. So I wasn't at that point. And, you know, one of my really close friends actually said, why don't you speak to someone? And I just didn't feel I was ready at that time. But I was going through a really hard time. Right. Um, but I didn't feel like I was ready.
0: During lockdown, I don't think I actually suffered... Um, mentally and i mean I, I could be so wrong maybe i did and I, I just wasn't able to put a label on it um but i quite enjoyed being in lockdown funnily enough which which was which was good for me because i couldn't go anywhere um now having said that i actually really suffered i remember now the feeling of loneliness and not being able to see my partner I would literally it's like TMI now. I would literally just cry on the phone oh to my boyfriend my. because just that feeling of not knowing when you were gonna, when I was gonna see him again, mm. which is it, this happened in March so when the it, we literally first went into lockdown and they didn't know how long we were gonna be in lockdown for. I don't know if you remember. Every few weeks, they would, Boris Johnson would give these updates, mm. like oh okay, we're gonna extend it now actually for another three weeks or something. We're gonna extend it again. And at this time I actually got put on furlough as well. So I wasn't working. So I had all this free time. And I remember being really, really, I guess you could say anxious about not knowing how long this would last and not being able to see my partner. And looking back now, I feel like that's probably quite an unhealthy thing and yeah, so I started off by saying it didn't have an effect on my <laughs> mental health, but clearly, I had some sort. It had some sort of effect, and I remember thinking that, not knowing mm-hmm. how long, it really made me feel. I remember I just felt this like invisible bubble, like I felt trapped, like I just didn't know when I was going to come out of this bubble, and it, I mean, it did go away with time because. You know restrictions start to ease that you can be outside and in the front garden or go for a walk with someone, and things like that. But um, it was really
1: actually quite scary at the beginning. It was, and I think like it was really because saying that it wasn't that it wasn't scary. It was like a really scary time. But it's it's weird because I feel like when you have when having anxiety beforehand, it almost prepares you because. You know, like, everyone was, you know, um, you know, there's this invisible, like, looking back now, it's crazy. We didn't have tests, nothing. But, um, there's this invisible disease that is taking people's lives, and it's changing people's lives. Um, and, you know, there's this whole wash your hands, clean everything. But, like, that is the mindset. Like, you prepare as an, for me, as an anxious person, I would prefer prepare for those worst-case scenarios, like, all the time. And this isn't me saying, like, oh, it it prepared me, it's amazing, you know, because, yeah. um, you know, and it also like, it's really interesting what you said about, you know, you went from thinking that it didn't affect you to it does because I think that's like just, that is mental ill health because we don't talk about it. And because people like inc- myself included, you don't understand how much it affects you. So you don't understand that it is, you're your, like, you know, you are suffering because we don't talk about it. Um, We don't feel, you know, I'm not okay. We don't know how to, like, vocalise it. Um, And it's really funny because... I mean, I say all that, but then leaving lockdown was... Like, every time we've had to leave a lockdown... That, that caused me anxiety. More than going into one, it was getting out of one. Because all of a sudden, every, you're told, don't go anywhere, stay inside. Mm. And my anxious mind's like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yep, fine by me. Yeah, I'll go in like one, maybe two walks a day, like fine. Yeah. But um, all of a sudden, like, you go outside now. And I'm like, but it's not gone. <laughs>
0: you know what? We laugh about it, but you're not the first person to tell me that. Mm. That they've actually been... Um, anxious about coming out of lockdown not just because of the medical risks but because of all this expectation that you have to go out and socialize with people and you know meet up with your all your friends and family not that we don't want to do that I mean of course everybody misses their friends and family but there's this I guess it was this pressure maybe that you have to go out and now socialize and meet people that I know that there are people out there who actually got really anxious about coming out of lockdown.
1: Like, I think another reason that my, you know, I said, like, oh, my mental health changed. I think, like, again, what you said, like, it affected you more than you thought. It mm. probably, those normal anxieties are still probably there. But also, like, I was, you know, I was I was really lucky to, you know, I work in the public sector. I wasn't put on furlough. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying this as, you know, I'm not grateful. But um I was working quite crazy hours um i remember you telling me actually yeah so i think that was you know I, again i'm really fortunate and really lucky um that you know that was my situation but um it provided a grateful distraction and i just remember thinking at the time like it's really i'm really unre- like i know um you said that you like you really enjoyed being at home and yeah. um but i just i personally was like i don't know how like week to week if the rules keep changing and you're on furlough firstly like your firstly your living situation like how yeah that must have been terrifying yeah you just don't know what's going to happen and yeah you they do say isn't it like
0: an idle mind is a devil's workshop Mm. and so that's such a cool i've never heard that phrase no (laughs) (laughs) are you being serious because my mind isn't idle. you haven't heard that before i've never heard that i need to write that down (laughs) you're actually killing me are you are you
1: trying to are you just kidding so for me anxiety is really like i'm always thinking my mind is always racing about something and it's it's something that i can't control so like um yeah it's something that i can't control i have really automatic thoughts um i have you know intrusive thoughts so you know I could be sitting around like you know I want to watch I'm gonna watch tv or I could be getting ready to go somewhere and um basically my mind is always racing because I think for me anxiety is really driven by I don't like I need to have a plan for every situation and every scenario and I like can't stand uncertainty which is crazy because we never know what's going to happen in the world um you know, I think that comes from, like, wanting to, I don't know, protect myself or be... Yeah, be ready for every scenario. So, like, little things, like, we could be going out. Me and you could be going for dinner or going to... And this has happened, and a lot. But, you know, we could be going out. And every single time I go out, there'll be, like, a like a thought um, that comes into my mind. Oh, you need to take... You need to have, like... What if you go and your lips get dry you need to take lip balm, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, if I don't take lip balm... Like, and this is one thing, right? And this is in half a second. Oh, if I don't take lip balm, my lip's going to get dry. Everyone's going to notice. And if I didn't take that lip balm, right? Okay. The way that my mind would be would be like, we could be sitting here talking, or we could be at dinner talking, and I'll be like, she... she, And my mind will just be thinking, she notices that my lip's dry. Oh, my God, she thinks... She's going to think I don't moisturise. She's going to think this. She's going to think this. Is my lip balm in my bag? Should I go to the shop? Should I do this? Should I have a sip of water? Will that help? Like... Okay, that,
0: okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the inner dialogue. Do you actually, I mean, I know we've obviously just touched on it now, mm.
0: if you don't mind sharing, you know, what how it has been for you, and, you know, if you don't mind what you've kind of struggled with. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm sure there are people out there, I think, though, who will be like, oh, you know,
1: I suffer from that too, or I have in the past. Yeah. And I guess I've always kind of struggled with things, but... I think the the time, based I was in uni when it was like something is wrong, something is wrong, yeah. um, and it was first year of uni, and like I think and I think this happens for a lot of people. It, university is a really tricky time, um especially first year for like people struggling with mental health, and that's when mental health really can come to the fore. Um, so for me that happened then, and I think at first it was kind of depression, low mood. I just felt helpless all the time and hopeless. Like, you know, people would call me and I wouldn't pick up the phone um, because yeah. I just didn't want to talk to anyone. Um, Don't mean to interrupt, yeah. but did you? Did you get diagnosed with depression or anything? It's it's a bit of a weird one because the counselors I was with. And, yeah, and again when I say I've experienced this, I don't wanna I've been diagnosed with like yeah. I've experienced it and spells of it. Um and that's why I try I'm trying to say like low mood as much as depression, but um they wouldn't diagnose me but they would offer me medication. Or be like, Do you or have you ever been on medication? And also I think the the counsellors and you know, the therapists I was with, I don't think it was their job to do the diagnosing. I think they were okay. like, You they have like a scale. So it was like your low mood is here your anxiety is um right is here but saying that when i um i've been to counseling and therapy like i think four times like i just finished a course of cognitive behavioral therapy they would give me worksheets for depression low mood self-esteem and recently she um did worksheets and the what it looked like she was treating me for was generalised anxiety disorder. So, so I asked her, I was like, so are you diagnosing me? And she said, well, I, I can't diagnose you, but, you know, if you were talking to your, you know, because I said, like, how do I explain this? And yeah. she said, if you're talking to your, you know, if you're talking to your friends, you're getting treatment for generalised anxiety disorder. See, that's just so surprising to me, because maybe that's part of the
0: problem. We don't get diagnosed because it's not a health like a physical health issue. I mean I know you can get diag you can get diagnosed for maybe like schizophrenia, maybe like a maybe a I don't know what the correct word is gonna be either because depression and anxiety can be really bad to the point where people take their own lives. So there's no you can't say one mental health issue is more important than another mental health issue, mm-hmm. but um just to draw to draw my own experience as well I I went through CBT as well, but not, I don't think it was for anxiety. It was more towards depression. Mm. And it was like low to moderate depression quite a long time ago now. But it's something that I deal with and I have been dealing with for my whole life. It comes in spells. It comes and goes. I have like a really, really good run. and Then it's, I experience it again and I go through it again. And I've like like you said, you go through the therapy. So if you go through the therapy you must have it. But we I don't remember being like kind of diagnosed how if you have a physical health issue, like, okay, you've got you've got high cholesterol or you've got diabetes or you've got this and that. Like it's very okay, this is your diagnosis, this is what you have. Maybe maybe it's more clear cut that's why they it's easy to diagnose i'm not too sure but i do think it's a little bit wishy-washy and maybe if it was clearer it would be better for us
1: yeah i think because i agree i think i think that i and again i i'm not an expert and i might say something wrong so sorry i don't want (laughs) to offend anyone um but i think part of me is thinking you know the the diagnosis process right um do you get diagnosed when you hit a crisis point? Is that what happens? Because, and then the other thing I do, you, you diagnosis do come. Um, I think, you know, when you have a condition, that means maybe you, you know, you think differently or like just automatically. But again, does it, does it, is it a crisis point that takes people to, you know, get that? And this is not yeah. knocking the men, like the NHS or the mental health system. Um, yeah. But is it that crisis point?
0: Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe, yeah. I guess it's just the, the thing with mental health is that unfortunately sometimes that is it's like almost too late when it gets to mm-hmm. that point kind of thing. Which is why obviously we have awareness weeks and awareness months and why we try to spread spread awareness and raise, um, raise awareness about the topic so people are more aware of it and talk about it because it's a very real thing and like they say is healthy mind healthy body so it's it's very much um a very important thing and it, and it matters and it has it i mean if it can have an effect on your physical health then surely we should be you know shedding some light on it and giving it more importance than it already has
1: yeah like the link is crazy like the way mental health will affect all of us and you know also like we, I think it's really hard with it, dep- depression, anxiety... Like, we all go through... We all have a mental health. Yeah. Um, just like you've got your physical health. Yeah. Uh, the difference is you break your leg, you get treatment for it. But with mental health, if something is wrong, it's harder... People don't recognise the signs in themselves because we don't talk about it in the same way we talk about physical yeah. ailments. Yeah. Um. So just kind of to throw a question in there... Mm-hmm. Because I think
0: you're so right and it's a really important um topic to bring up is that we just don't know when to speak up and talk about it and you know, before it gets to that breaking point. And so I dunno, like how you know, how would we begin to bring these things up and recognize these things to be like, okay, you know what, this looks like there's something wrong here just if we're liking likening it to if you if you have a bad fall and you feel like Mm. oh i might have broken my leg let me go to the doctor what would kind of be the you know the mirror to that if we were talking about mental health how would we know okay I've, i've recognized this is an issue and then i need to do something about it so do you mean like the symptoms yeah, maybe the symptoms. Yeah, because we just yeah. don't know, right? We guess it, we're we're not aware of the, what the symptoms okay. are. Like you, if you f- you feel a certain type of way about something, you just
1: ignore it, and then it builds up, and then it becomes something else, right? Yeah, and you know, to this day, I'm not like I've struggled with this what for a good probably nine what nine years, like a long time. I, <laughs> and I still to to up until last year. Like I still I still find it hard. Like I did not yeah. realize how much my depression like got not depression my like low mood and those symptoms got addressed quite early on. Yeah. But me struggling with anxiety and high function I did not realize until late last year, aka a few months ago, how much anxiety takes has taken over my life. And I've struggled for literally for 9 years and it was like I remember wow. telling you it was like a light bulb moment. Wow, it's mm. just so insane
0: to me to think that that's the period of time it Mm -hmm. took to to get there to get you know for you to realize like oh my god no this is how much of a hold it has on my life and that's i guess what we're hoping for is that you can try and recognize these things before Mm. and not just recognize them but recognize it and say like okay this is how i can you know counter this or deal with this and having those tools actually do that before we do get to this breaking point because we're all like responsible for not putting our mental health first until we get to a, a low point I definitely know that's true for me like I'll be good and you know everything's fine and then suddenly I'll get this I'll be like really feeling really low and I'll be like oh god I really need to do something and suddenly I start doing all these things like taking out time for myself, journaling, practicing gratitude, um, making sure that I stick to my boundaries. All of these things I start doing when my mental health takes a dip. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, we should be doing it all the time so we maintain it. It's literally like going to the gym. You go to the gym, you have your routine, right? Like I'll go to the gym, I don't know, twice a week or three times a week, depending on each individual. But you keep going to the gym, you don't wait for your body to get unwell, and then you're like, okay, let me go to the gym for like a week, and then you just don't go to the gym ever again, <laughs> until you're like, unwell again. Yeah, it's, it's like that, and I just really feel like we need to shed awareness on that, and put into place these practices, you know, whether it's from, from like school, that we need to practice it every, every day, like we yeah. do phys- physical stuff, like, you have PE once a week at school, there should be whatever the equivalent to PE is for your mental health. Like, oh you need God. to exercise
1: it. I agree so much. Like, we need yeah. to talk to kids. I've decided, like, whenever I have kids, you need to talk to kids about their feelings, how mm. it's okay to feel, because it starts from such an early age. Like, in, um, you know, in counselling, um, so there's counselling where you talk about, you know, your past, what's affecting you, how you're feeling, and then there's... So the two I've experienced is that, and then I've experienced cognitive behavioral therapy which you also mentioned um you CBT had, right yes, yes.
0: yeah, yeah I, I did that
1: yeah yeah and I've done that twice and basically cognitive behavioral therapy it it it's like quite structured and it basically challenges how you think how you feel and tries to change those processes to make a like more healthy for a more healthy yeah. outlook and so you know you don't have those automatic kind of thoughts and like one of the things that i did and um, both times i did cbt even most recently is like you identify the early so uh, you know the, you talk about the fact that early experiences shape who you are and your outlook on the world and your early experiences and this can be positive and negative right, right. so um your early experiences form help to shape core beliefs because as a child you're making sense of the environment
0: Yes, this is like running
1: psychology, bells, <laughs> like psychology lessons yeah, we do, in we do, college, yeah. this is like oh my gosh, yeah, carry on. Yeah. So you like, they form, and this is again, I'm not a psychologist, like, um, but these things like, they form like core beliefs that help you and like um, that kind of teach you or, you know, as a child you think that is how life yeah. is, yeah. and then based on that you create rules for living, right, and you carry those rules with you, and, like, then when something happens to attack that rule, like, it triggers oh, off all wow. these emotions and thoughts. Like, yeah. an example would be, like, I was kind of... Um, I experienced, like, bullying yeah. um, and kind of fallings out when I was younger with, like, friends. Yeah. And, um, you know, this kind of led... So that early experience kind of led me to feel like, oh, I don't deserve to be loved or, you know... Yeah. You know, that is the core belief. And then... um that created this rule that I must prove myself or, you know, it put a high, I put a high standard on myself. Um, and, you know, I must be the best person I can be in re- my relationships. Yeah. I must never make a mistake. Therefore, okay. when I make a mistake or, you know, something happens. yeah, And then they can be positive as well. Yeah. Um, so. Wow, that's so amazing to me that you're at a place now where you can look
0: back and see that and recognise it and be yeah. like, you know what? This is where this belief comes from. And just knowing what's happening in your mind, you know, is just, it's just so amazing. And it's, I feel like, probably the first step to actually try and resolve it, if that Mm -hmm. is something
1: that we, you know, would aspire to do. But it's a really difficult journey because, again, I mentioned, like, I only realised how bad my anxiety affected me, like, late last year. Because it got to a point where I just, my mind wouldn't switch off. I was constantly worrying, trying to control situations, and, you know, you can't ever control a situation, and you especially can't control one when it involves, like, other people, like, when you fall out with someone, or when you're dating. (laughs) Let's talk about dating,
0: everyone. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) That's always a
1: great topic. Um, But with dating, I used to get, um, that is a situation that you can't control what another person thinks, so... Dating can be quite hard if, you, like for me, if I'm anxious yeah. because I'm trying to plan for a scenario that I don't even know that's what the other person's gonna do. And this is also for friends, right? Yeah. So like, then when I was like anxious and I was and you know I was reaching out to people talking, oh, like I'm I'm really nervous. I'm overthinking. Oh, this person said this. This person said this. Um, it was really weird because I was getting this advice at the time, which was like don't give a guy don't don't make a guy more important like you know in your life don't give it why you know you're good on your own mm-hmm. and i I, re- I used to feel like it is good advice and it's true but i used to feel like i know that but i can't control
0: yeah. this
1: and i didn't realize until like you know last year that it's because i you know um i mean, I have a need like not i have a need but i can't stand uncertainty dating is an uncertain situation and i can't stand it and like i would literally try to like I will be like, okay, so I'm going to send this message. And mm-hmm. even with friends, I'm going to send this message, the other person's going to say this, and this is how I'm going to respond. Because I was feeling anxious, so I did that as a coping mechanism. Yeah. And then, that wouldn't happen, because... Because one... they don't respond the way you think they're going to respond. And then, that anxiety comes back. Okay. And so, like, I didn't realise any of that, right? And, like... Wow. It's just, it was mad. I mean, I forgot. I was talking about something. This is another thing. My, like, my mind. Like, my old manager described it as, like, you have a million... She didn't say about me, but, you know, we were talking. She said, it's like having a million tabs open in your mind, and you jump between them. Yeah. Wow. That's just so, like,
0: incredible. Literally. And it makes so much sense. It actually makes so much sense just to and when you you can look back and be like you know what this is why i'm behaving this way and when you see that that's when you can just start to like i guess pick it apart and be like you know what actually wait i'm doing this because of this reason what if i try something else and Mm -hmm. try to kind of like challenge it or challenge myself challenge my beliefs
1: true and that's a perfectionism thing but like um, and she was, like, "talk." It was, it was a video that was perfectionism and links to depression and, and anxiety. And so those things are, you know, perfectionism happens in those spaces. Mm. But what I didn't realise is perfectionism also happens in, like, having high standards on yourself in terms of relationships with other people. And I was like, okay. oh, my God, because... And then I I literally oh. have this, like, diagram um, yeah. that I I drew from the thing. And yeah. that 40-minute that video was... I just went to I was like, oh my god, this is me. No way. Yeah, because it was like when for me it so what it was saying was, you know, you, you condition your you know, how you are as a person and you tie your self esteem to how you like perform in certain situations. Yeah. And and in that you put like high expectations, so you're like, I must, I have to do this, I must do this, you know, and it becomes like really rigid. Okay. So you have rigid expect expectations, <clears throat> yeah. right? And like that's the same with like self worth like I have to look like her, or I have to you know I have to look a certain yeah. way, I have to be, and then when it doesn't go, either you act on it, it doesn't work, or you i don't know you fix it, and then all yeah. like you don't, and like basically, if you have those tendencies, like
0: yeah,
1: you anything you just self criticize and like damn it's just like you
0: delve deep into it, there's just so much we don't know, and yeah. there's just there's so much out there on mental health that is such a broad topic and you really just can't generalize. And the more we do look into it, I'm just like, wow, there's so much to kind of work on and undo or learn. It's just like, wow. So moving on to Mental health and how it's perceived in the South Asian community. Have you personally felt that mental health is, uh, you know, maybe a taboo subject or was dealt with differently in the South Asian community?
1: Um, yeah, so I think from my experiences, and again, this could be similar for kind of other communities, yeah. but we don't talk about it and it's only. We don't talk about it and maybe it's like a generation thing even where it's like, ah oh, you know, like the elder generations, like for them, they didn't talk about mental health as a thing, they just like air quote dealt with it. Yeah. Um and I by think... not dealing with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and boy, can you see the effects of that now. Oh, yeah. Like I mean I definitely experienced it and it's weird. I think like I think it's gotten a little bit better now. Um and that's like through conversations. Um and it was really hard and but I think it's slowly gotten better now where like I can I can say this is an anxious thing like I you know, my parents know that I've been
0: yeah. counselling. Yeah. It's just like about literally saying like, you know what, it is a real thing. Because I feel like sometimes with with the community, um and we're both like you and I, we're we're Indian, a lot of the time it's just like, oh, they're just a naughty child especially maybe not so much now because I think with our generation it's with our generation itself I don't feel like oh because I'm Asian it's like different for me and somebody who's not Asian who's in my generation but I definitely feel like in the with the South Asian community the older generations definitely would just like it's not even a thing like what is mental health mental health is not a thing you're just like a naughty child you know they have like oh he's just bud marsh or like (laughs) he's just (laughs) like those those words and or he's just like there's literally that is literally the explanation of someone who's just like really really naughty or just like lazy troubled or lazy yeah and that's the that's diagnosis that's that's the explanation like oh yeah he's just a naughty kid or she's just a she's just a naughty kid that's just it and you just won't deal with it and even literally, I've literally heard stories, guys and girls turn around and be like, oh no, this is what is wrong. Like I have anxiety or I have, I have depression. And then they will just be like, they literally still won't take it seriously. They'll be like, no, what, what, what is that? I, like, I don't believe you. Yeah, I don't believe you. Oh, or just God. being like, like just completely bypassing it. It's scary.
1: Like literally it's so scary. And also, like, talking about suicide. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to admit it. You don't, there's, you know, there's nothing. It's like you've got to be and look a certain way. There's just a sense of you're going to be, I feel
0: like, ridiculed or made fun of or not being taken seriously. And that's the worst part of it. And it all just comes down to, I feel anyway, just how you've been brought up and in that community and in that culture, how it's just been, like, Everything is just, you can't talk about it. No matter what it is, you just can't mm. talk about it. You just brush it under the carpet. And dealing with it is basically not dealing with it. Or rather, not dealing with it is dealing with it. <laughs> we actually all need to talk about our feelings more. Boys, girls, Guys especially. everyone. Guys especially. Um, my My boyfriend, he literally has told me that there are very few of his boy mates that he can feel like he can actually talk to about actually how he's feeling like on a real level and I'm just like like well ask girls I can count there's a few of my friends Mm. friends and family actually there's a few people where I feel like you know what if I'm actually really low or going through something, I can actually go to you, go to these people, and talk to them, like on a real level, and tell them how I'm feeling. But... It's good you have those people. Yeah, no, and we, I'm I'm so lucky, and, and I also think that, because also being a girl, you just have those relationships, where it's built on, you know, communication, and telling each other about how you feel, and, you know, opening up, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And with boys, it's just not done. And... I remember when he said that to me, I was just like, it was so Mm -hmm. insane to me to think, like, if something was really big to happen, the person he would talk to is me, right? Mm -hmm. He would talk to me about it, which is completely, which is obviously normal. But to just think, boys in their friendship circles, like, how many friends do you actually have who, you know what, if you're going through some shit, that you can actually turn around and be like, yo, like... You feel comfortable enough to talk to them. Maybe those friends are there, but you just don't feel comfortable. You feel like, oh, are they going to judge me? They're going to think I'm... They're going to think I'm a worse or whatever... Whatever that stereotype is. You know, are they going to think it's weird that like, I open up about my feelings and tell them how to feel? And it's this whole stereotype that we need to
1: change. You're so right. Like, it's not that people don't want to hear. It's... Because people, like, guaranteed, if you reach out to someone... People may not know how to respond, but they'll want to help. Exactly, yeah. yeah. 100%. They'll want to help. And I think that's the thing. Like, yeah. People will want to help. Like, it's the same with me. Like, I know that some of my friends don't understand it. And so even, like, you know, family members. But they want to help. They want to be there. Like, there was one time where I had a really bad panic attack. But I didn't understand what was going on. And I was having, like, palpitations. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I called 111. And they said, come to A&E. No and way. How long ago was this? If you don't are, mind me asking. Like 2015? Okay, okay, so a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, a few years ago. Like, when I was in uni. And this was a time where, um, and, you know, I don't want to, like, a, like a trigger warning, but, like, oh, it was, you know, anxiety. Like, for me, things got quite destructive and, like, self-harm was a part of what has okay. happened, What how I've dealt with things. And, you know, yeah. it's not good in any situation to hurt yourself, but, like... They were, They wanted to put an IV in in case, like, something was going on. And one of my... Like, no one obviously knew that this was happening. And my mum was with me. Oh, and right. And they okay. were trying to take blood, and then they saw.
0: Oh, I see,
1: okay. And my mum saw. And, like, you know, they called the doctor, and the doctor, you know, oh, right. was asking me questions. Yeah. But afterwards, my mum was, like... she She wanted to help, and, you know, she was, like, yeah. asking me, you know... But what what is going on? Do you yeah. want to... Is it... She was like, do you, so do you want to end your life? Like, yeah. what is the situation? You know, and, like, people want to help. They just don't know how. But, like, you know, it's just a feeling... Reach out and people will talk. Thank
0: you for sharing that. I know it must have been hard. Literally, like you say, sometimes you feel afraid. Like, you know, I... Mm. I, I mean, it's, it's a really touchy subject. But, you know, you've got your reasons and you feel like you can't or you don't want to reach out and speak to somebody whether you're you're a girl or you're a guy and whatever you're going through and if, if it's self-harm or if it's not self-harm but like you say more often than not people you're absolutely right people do want to help like you said you you felt that instantly like your mum just she wanted to help you and she's she's concerned about you mm-hmm. um so you know if you Try and speak to somebody, um, someone who you trust, and you feel like you know what they. I feel like this person cares for me. Um, just do it because I feel like nothing bad can come out of
1: just talking about it. You're so right, and that doesn't have to be talking. If you find that hard, it can be you send a message, you write a letter, you exactly you send true. a video. This is what like mm. if you if you see like a YouTube video or like you know there's so many like there's this page called the Real Depression Project that. I feel, like, explains... It helps me to understand what I'm going through. And, like, the journey also to, like, understanding it. Like, it's not, like, a light bulb moment and then, like, everything's good. It became so much worse when I understood what I was going through because I didn't know how to fix it. So, like, it's... Like, I... And then I was feeling really discouraged because, like, I felt like a prisoner in my own mind because I couldn't control every single day. It was, like, a battle. But you go through it and, like, you know, I think it's just having that, like... It's going to be fine. Like, you know, it's it's hard, but, like, it's so important. You know, you talking about your experiences mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know, it comes and goes and, like, you've gone through CBT, but you still have these spells. Like, yeah. you know, that is going to happen it and happens. that's okay. Have, yeah, 100%. It's, it's a work in progress. Yeah. yeah. But it will never just go. Like, life throws curveballs at you. I've had to become uncomfortable with uncertainty. <laughs> <laughs> like, life throws curveballs at you and it's okay. Like, but like you said, it's about... Like, constantly managing and, like, practicing that self-gratitude, doing things that helps your mental health, like, and practicing that, not just when the going gets... Like, when things get bad. Yeah, Yeah, agreed.
0: So, thank you for coming on the show. It was so great to have you on, and thank you for sharing all of your experiences, and hopefully together we raise some awareness and shed light on the topic and people who are listening were able to relate and know that they're not alone and are encouraged to talk about the topic, which is ultimately what we want to do with, um, with this podcast. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all of your wisdom. It was so much fun and would love to have you back on
1: thank you for having me and thank you for sharing your wisdom and being such a massive support and thank you for doing what you're doing keep on doing it because you're raising awareness and yeah just hopefully like hopefully people know like just to reach out um yeah just just to reach out talk about it and hopefully like and to uh, ask others if they're feeling okay 100 percent. thank you so so much thank you